I'm Keith the Cool Man Clay, and I'm here with John the Great Guthrie. And we are Plumadoodle. Your somewhat reliable source of information for most things. Including, including John. Keith, but not ever limited to. A new versus episode. A new versus. Part of our versus series. Based upon the gangs of New York. Yes. Like the Crips and the Bloods and all that? Uh, no, no, we're taking it back. They got way cooler names than we're that. We're taking yeah. it back to the 1900s, Keith. You know what we're taking it back to? Well, 18, let's pause first. Mid-1800s. Mid-1800s. Yeah. But before we say that, Keith, why don't we just tell them once again? Go give to the widows, please. Yes. Donate to Widow's Link. Widow's Link. Our GoFundMe. Search yeah. Flumadiddle, Widow's Link. On GoFundMe. We're trying to support the widows and um, the done awesome a great job grief so far, resources so keep being it up. provided. Yeah, keep it up. Absolutely. All right, Keith. So we're most familiar with this whole Gangs of New York idea from a movie. universally famous movie, not just the movie, but the director, yes. Martin Scorsese, one of the great directors Scorsese. of all time. Mm-hmm. All right, so he grew up in the 50s in Manhattan. Okay. And he started noticing when he would be roaming around that some parts of his uh, neighborhood there in Manhattan was way older than others. Like at the old St. Patrick's Cathedral, he noticed there were tombstones back to 1810. He started noticing cobblestone streets and all this kind of stuff. So he was like, wait a minute, you mean the Italian immigrants aren't the first people to live here? So it just kind of piqued his interest even as a kid. So he grows up, he ends up being obviously what we know now as one of the most um, storied movie directors ever mm-hmm. stuff like taxi driver the departed gangs of new york of course casino casino good fellas just amazing stuff right so early on in his career before he ever got famous he found this book keith this is before he did mean mean streets and taxi driver right so which got him famous and got him on the map raging bull oh man seriously good stuff so there's a book though keith called Gangs of New York, An Informal History of the Underworld. Have you read it, John? Uh, several times. <laughs> yeah, several, right. <laughs> I, but I just have to say that with such authority so it sounds like I know what I'm talking about <laughs> more than I do. Because, okay. again, Keith, we're your somewhat reliable source of information. I have not read it. So it was written by a dude named Herbert Asbury. What, Barry? Asbury. Okay, I got you. And it was first published in 1927. So... Basically, what it covers is like the early mid 1800s up into the, about the 1920s, where kind of what we're more. Um, so would that be that be the equivalent of us writing a book about like the 60s or 70s, right? Because he's writing about the 50s and the late 20s. Well, he's reading. No, it'd be early. Be equivalent of us, yeah. It'd be like World 40s, War II era, yeah. Yeah. that kind of thing. So he's looking back, right? So we know by that time in the 20s, you're hitting prohibition. You're starting to get what we call gangsters, Keith. Yeah. You're starting to talk about the stuff, what we consider some of the great movies that like Scorsese did, right? And others like Coppola. Right. The, uh, what's what's it called? The Cosa Nostra. The Italian mob. Yeah. All right, so that's starting to rise. But this is before that. Before that. Before that. The gangs were a little bit different. A little bit different, all right. So this book. So let's kind of set the stage. All right, right. so he's focusing this book back in the 1840s, up through later in the 1800s. He's focusing on the saloon halls, the gambling dens, the winding alleys of the Bowery and the Five Points in lower Manhattan. Okay, so New York was a much different place back then. Much different place. Much smaller place, too. Yes, all right, so... So a lot was going on in New York during that time. A lot was going on because still 800,000 people right. in a city back then was huge. And 
being flooded with new people. Exactly. Every single day. Every single day. And by 1860, Keith, here's where we're By the way, shout out to our Irish folks. Lots we're going to dive deep Irish into some Irishness yeah. in this one, Keith. Absolutely. And by 1860... Here's part of where some of those clashes began with some of those anti-immigrant sentiments, right? A population of 800 in 1860, 200,000 mostly Catholic Irish immigrants. Okay. So that sets the stage here, Keith, where we're, we're looking at these saloon halls, the gambling dens, this era of rogues and prostitutes and pimps and pit pockets and okay. murderers and thieves. Right. So you got a area that is densely populated. Densely. That new people coming in. The police can't keep up with the crime. Right. The police are corrupt. Corrupt. The government is corrupt. Yes. No, not the government, Keith. Probably worse than any time in all of history of, the, of New York. Right. I mean, this was right before, and actually, in the movie, it, it's kind of daring, but the movie's not exactly historically accurate, but this is right before. No, the sets are beautifully accurate, but, I mean, there's a lot of fictional license taken with the story itself. Yeah, the boss Tweed, Mayor Tweed. Oh, yeah, Tammany Hall. Yeah, and so that, this was right before him, and he was one of the most corrupt politicians to ever have lived, stealing millions of dollars of taxpayers' money. Ooh, so, man. That ain't no count, Keith. Anyway, you had a couple of political parties during that time, right? Right. What were those political parties? Were well, you talking like national parties like now? No, Republican, uh, Democrat just, thing? No, you're talking in, in New York. In New York. Yeah. Okay, no, I don't, Keith. You had Maybe the, no, you could you share had the know nothings, so okay. you, you might want to join that one. Since you, All right. Since you don't know. Uh, exactly. <laughs> the, okay, I got you. The natives why were the know You know why they were called the know nothings? Why? Because, like, of course they were corrupt and they were... You know, they had muscle in order to do their dirty work and stuff like that. Well, that muscle, a lot of times when they ask them, you know, about these different things, they'd say, I, I don't know, know nothing. I know nothing. Yeah. I don't know nothing. So they call them the know nothings. Okay. And they consider themselves the true about, Americans. They actually were, they were actually called the Native American Party to start with. Okay. I don't know what happened with that. Maybe they sat there and thought for a second, hey, we're not Native Americans. You know, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> there you go. Um, but the uh, the other party was what you mentioned, Tammany Hall, and that was Tammany Hall. That was that's the, the political machine, right? Right. They were the ones who were um, privy to the immigrants. Okay. You know they they supported the immigrants, okay. the immigrants. So that I was got you. Kind of the party of the immigrants. So, like you said, there's a lot of gangs now. Interestingly enough, John, these gangs were formed through volunteer fire departments. Okay. Do you believe that? Well, you know, gangs in general, however they form, are very tribal. Very tribal. Usually yeah. localized, whether it's around a certain trade, it's a certain neighborhood, it's a certain ethnicity. Yeah. So a lot of that goes into it. So I don't know. I guess maybe were the volunteer fire departments, was it maybe depending where you were, you were more likely to be of a certain ethnicity? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I think these, a, these... Hey, we live at 115th Street and you live at 105th yeah. Street. And so, hey, you ain't our dude. Well, some things I read... We're saying that you know they would form a volunteer fire department. And that volunteer fire department would become a gang. Okay. And then some things I read said that just the volunteer fire departments were just involved in gang activity, and it was just they were just kind of together, you know. So I don't know exactly. I've known a few volunteer which fire came fighters here. Yeah, I had never seen them duking it out on the streets, but I hadn't either. And so that's what what it was is I think 
they they would get paid for putting out these fires, and so they would the bucket brigades. Yeah, and they would race to the fire. Oh, I got you. To try to be the first. So it wasn't just localized. If you got there before the next group right. did. So that's actually where the Bowery Boys. We're going to tell you some of the names of yeah, these Yeah, let's games. hit on that while we're at it. We've got some colorful names, Keith. So the Bowery Boys, they got their name. I think Bowery literally means like a barrel. The and Bowery uh, is an area. Bowery area, but it, they started calling the Bowery Boys so they would put a barrel over the hydrant so that the other fire departments couldn't find it. Okay. And then they'd have a little boy sit on it. Until they All got right. there. All right. That's where they are. That's dirty, man. It is dirty. But so let's hit some of these uh, these interesting names. Asbury's book described folks like the Bowery Boys you already mentioned. How about the Plug Uglies, the True Blue Americans, the Shirt Tails, and the Dead Rabbits. The Dead Rabbits. And that actually probably came from a uh, a mispronunciation of an Irish word, which was like rabids or something like that similar okay which gotcha. meant like a, a tough dude that you didn't want to mess with and when right. you said dead in that culture it meant like you're being real serious like i'm dead serious you know oh i got you so, okay like dead the dead serious about a guy the dead that you don't want to mess with you right so um and there is that thing I mean, we're going to get into that but there is kind of that at least from our american perspective and we know we got irish folks yeah and we sure don't want to like pigeonhole them into one thing but from our perspective, what we see generally in American cinema or on the boxing in the boxing ring on movies, you see really like these tough, scrappy yeah. kind of characters. Yeah, and I know that's a kinda, stereotype. But. Yeah, stereotype for being scrappy. Right. Yeah. Um, so anyway, it wasn't uncommon for brawls to break out at these fires. Okay. Like while the fires burning the building down, they're in the street fighting Man, each other. Man, we'll save you in a minute, but first, yeah, I'm about to whoop this cat's plug ugly. Mm-mm-mm. So there's other ways that gangs were not exactly like today's gangs either. They actually had day jobs. You know, a lot of times you think of gang members today that being like their job. They're criminals, you know. I just roll around and like sell dope and Yeah, exactly. Their criminal activity is their job. I got That's you. not the way it, this was. They just did criminal activity for a hobby. Yeah, kind of, and kind of, it really, <laughs> they really didn't do a lot of criminal activity. They were just kind of a group of guys that stuck together and I got you. would roughhouse. There's some shady stuff. There's some shady yeah, places. They, they definitely did some criminal pants. activity. They sure. were on the fringe yeah. of society, at least, maybe. But not like what you would think of today, like dope dealers. They're not some like stone that, cold yeah. killer just running around selling dope and yeah. shooting folks with ARs and stuff. They were just kind of like supporting one another for certain causes. You know, that's the kind of gang they were. Homies for life, brother. That's right. right. <laughs> So um, most of the time they were divided by political and religious differences. So you had these Irish immigrants coming in who were mainly... Primarily Catholic, Catholic. Irish Catholic. And so the Bowery Boys and one guy that we're talking about today, William Poole, Poole. Bill the Butcher. Bill the Butcher. You know, they were Protestants. And they didn't like the encroachment of this new religion coming in on them. They felt like they they was right, you know. So I don't know if they were... How close they were to Jesus, but you know, at least right, they were exactly. identified themselves as Protestants. So we talk about that a lot, Keith. Part of our message here is whatever your background, wherever you're from, whatever your political or religious affiliation, yeah. Flumadiddle's a safe place just to come and, and hang out. Because we have our own thoughts religiously, politically, and all that. But in the midst of it all, we want to show respect and appreciation for others. Absolutely. Yeah, I didn't right. see Jesus beating up on nobody for any certain reason. No, I didn't either, man. So. I didn't either. Um, anyway, they uh, were divided by that and political reasons. And um, so, like you mentioned, a lot of them hung out around the place called Five Points. 
Five Points. That's in so that's on the south points? side. Is that that's there, a place on yeah. the south side of Birmingham where they used to have a Five Points South Music Hall that had some really good bands. Right there, there. Yeah, there's there is a place in Birmingham. Called I think five a lot points. of them have Five Points. Basically, usually a Five Points. If it's anything like Birmingham, it's kind of one of those circular intersections. You've got yeah. streets. You've got streets coming into this one central area. Yeah, they call it Five Points usually because five streets run into it. Right. right? Exactly. In this case. Um, Back then in New York, it was Mulberry Street, Orange Street, Cross Street, Worth Street, and Little Water Street. And they, it made up a place called Paradise Square. Look at that, Keith. I was right on it, and I didn't even know what I was talking yeah, about. Yeah, no, you're right, man. I knew so, five points in Birmingham, and I knew that was a kind of a thing. They called it Paradise Square, John, because um, when... Because well, it was Paradise. It was, to start with. There was a watering hole there. It was a freshwater pond. Oh, okay. And uh, Did people draw water? It was just a place to gather and have fun, or... I guess all all of the above. Of the I mean, above. Like you got a, a huge freshwater pond is a good place to start businesses, right? Okay. You got a freshwater source. But the problem is, is they quickly brought businesses in around that five points, and the water quickly become extremely polluted. Oh, I'm sure. And so much so that it become a problem. Well, their way of fixing the problem was, let's just fill it up. And so they fill, fill it, it up. up, and they did a really poor job filling it up the hell and so not too long after that after they filled it up and did a poor job at it it, the vegetation that was buried there started to the vegetabular material would be stinking yeah so what happens it releases what methane that's it so um the methane gas started to rise from the pond right there five points south so so you know it become it went from paradise square to you know stanky square stanky square yeah and uh well that's crappy yeah so i don't like it a bit so those businesses closed down, moved off, and you have all these empty buildings. They're perfect places for gang headquarters, right? Okay. And so it's this now. It's turned into this kind of ratty place that nobody yes, wants to be at, except for people who need a home, which would be people coming off these boats. Okay. So now here you're you got the your slum. You got the yeah. downtown situation. This is the old school downtown, right? Yeah. So you still have coming in. Here's the cheapest place to live, and you still have some holdout businesses there, like Bill the Butcher. Bill the Butcher. Butcher Shop. Okay, I got you. His parents opened up, and then you got all these immigrants coming in, and he saw them as people who were going to take their jobs and their way of living, right? So instead of people that were going to buy his meat, everybody else had moved away. So anyway, let's talk about about 75 pounds of pork. I'm going to make some sausage this weekend. Bill. Bill. Make me some sausage, Bill. All right, so let's talk about the players and the verses. I mean, this is a versus episode, so we've got to build up the clash, right? The clash of the Titans. All right, the clash of the Titans, right. Most people know the the first Titan that we're going to talk about because of the movie. William Poole. William Poole. Bill the Butcher. In the movie, it was called Bill Cutter. Yes. But it's actually Bill... Bill the Butcher was his real nickname. Um, so he was good with knives because he was a butcher. Yeah. They said he could throw a knife, like a butcher knife, and stick it in a wall from pretty far off. You know, he was just real right. real good with them. And He's then a he, bare-knuckle boxer. I know yes. that much about him. And, and, John, I did not know this until I started researching this, but me and you both would be large men during this time. Okay. Well, I know I'm a fairly large man during this time right now. So anyway, he was considered a large man, like a giant among smaller men. Right. This larger than life, but also just large in stature, man. Right. And he was six foot, two hundred pounds. I'm six one, two hundred and fifteen right one? now. Yeah. 
No, you're not. Yes, I am. I'm going to measure you live on Plummet of the Keith because I'm like 5'10". With with slouching, I'm 6. Okay. If I stand up straight and tall, I'm 6'1". I used to think I was 5'11 until I measured myself yeah. last year, and it was more like 5'9.75". So I'm going 5'10", 5'10 and a half. See, I used to think I was 6 foot, and uh, it's probably because I'm always slouching. And then I stood up straight and tall one time when I got measured, and it was 6'1". I was like, holy crap, I'm All actually 6'1". Right. Well, so, that's cool, dude. Shoot. Anyway... You're a beast, Keith. I would have been a very large man during this time. They considered him large, but because of his larger-than-life stature and personality, he uh, and because he was kind of tough and menacing, he yeah. gained a reputation, right? Okay, absolutely. And so, uh, he worked his way up to being the leader of the Bowery's Boy, Bow, Bowery's the Bowery, Bowery Boys. Boys gang. All right. So he did that by he started he actually started working for the Howard Volunteer Engine Service. So he, he become a volunteer firefighter, and through that he started the Washington Street Gang. Now, I don't know exactly how that happened. Like maybe there was already kind of some gang activity there, and he just right. got a few of them together. But the Washington Street Gang become later because of what they did. With now the I don't know if they had the pubs boys. down there, but that's the kind of thing is talking about saloons. So. These hard-working, like, working-class guys, this is not where the yeah. businessmen are hanging out. Right. It's where the butchers, the bakers, the candlestick makers, yeah. the guys who are doing crappy jobs, Right. they're exactly. going to their neighborhood saloon. Speaking of pubs, do you know bam. we got an Irish pub in Gadsden, Alabama? Yeah, I do. Harp and Clover. Yeah, Harp and Clover. I have not been there, strangely enough. I haven't But I used to, a buddy of mine was cooking there. He was a chef. So I don't know if it's any good or not. We'll so have to try it. Anyway, you mentioned before the podcast... you that he really wasn't known for killing people so much. But yeah, he wasn't as, vi- maybe in some ways, wasn't as violent as the movie portrayed him. Right. Although, like you told me, he was a bare-knuckle boxer. He was pretty brutal. He was not averse yeah, yeah. to... Well, let's just say this. During that time, any bare-knuckle boxer was was pretty tough because it's not like today's boxing. The only rule they had, really, was that if you are unresponsive for more than 30 seconds, you lose. Well, that's pretty bad. They would go for... There's no standing eight count. They were known to go for over 100 rounds and fight for over an hour bare-knuckled. And so... That's brutal, dude. It's brutal. And uh, they said that he was... uh, Maybe bite off some noses and some ears and stuff. That's one thing they said about Bill the Butcher is that he was not opposed to biting off an occasional nose or ear. You know? And so he was pretty brutal. He'd go Mike Tyson on you in a second. Yeah, in a second. A pity fool. No, that's a, that's a, <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's a, Mr. T. Mr. T. <laughs> no, the, Mike Tyson the funny thing, that, Mike Tyson yeah, thing, you, you go ahead. Like he was talking about when he was fighting Razor Ruddock, they were like, Mike, you know, you devastated him, you won this. He's like, well, first of all, I just want to say he punched like a freaking mule kick. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I like too when he said, uh, yeah, everybody's got oh, a plan. Oh, everybody's got a plan. Till you punch him in the mouth. Till they get busted in the mouth. Yeah. That's right, man. All right, so um, anyway. Uh, you ain't kidding, boy. He rose to prominence, and he run the muscle for the Know Nothings political movement. Uh, okay, so, so he was the muscle man. Yeah, and he, run, he was the gang leader of the Bowery Boys. All right. So. And, um, but now for the Know Nothings now, they would rig elections. How they would do that is they would take their gang down there to the ballot boxes, and they would intimidate folks and even beat them up. Right. You ain't voting for them. Yeah, you know, yeah exactly so. Now um, we got Russians to do that, man. <laughs> <laughs> On Facebook. <laughs> On Facebook. All right. So what about the next guy? We're we're like pitting it. We're setting it up. We're pitting them against each other, Keith. What about this next cat? All right. Do we want so, to set him up. 
Yeah, man. And in I'm this tell- corner, yeah, and I'm weighing two hundred pounds, John Morrissey, or also known as Old Smoke. Old Smoke. Now, man, I'm telling you, the movie really should have been done about this guy instead of Bill the Butcher. I think this guy was probably tougher, meaner, scarier, and better than Bill the Butcher in every way. So now this is the guy who's the Irish immigrant guy, right? Yes, he's an Irish immigrant. Okay. And uh, so about the same size, six foot, two hundred lbs. Right. About the that same would be size. like what in kilograms for our folks across the pond? Be like what a hundred kilograms, hundred and fifteen kilograms. I don't know, but I think they got Google. I think there's two, about two point five pounds per kilogram. So we'll say about our Irish folks, eighty to hundred kilograms. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, crap! I should have looked that up for our Irish. I'm guessing. I'm going with eighty to hundred kilograms. So anyway, um, he was Irish born. His parents came to America when he was probably around three years old, so he was real young. Um, Now I got a couple of different stories about how he ended up in California. Okay. there was one story said his his parents moved there for a stint during the gold rush, but there was another story that said he um, was a stowaway and went there during the gold rush. So I really don't know which one's true. So there's probably some flummoxed over there. I said between eighty and hundred kilograms. Yeah. What is? How it? about ninety point seven two? That's right. That's in right between. in between. Good job, brother man. All right. All right. So anyway, um, even before he went to California, though, by the age of eighteen. He had already been uh, convicted of several different crimes because his parents were poor, and so he would try, he would hire himself out to be like a thief on these cargo ships. Whoever okay. was the highest bidder, he'd go steal <laughs> stuff for them, you know. And uh, he also would uh, was a collector for some of the, the gangs. I wonder if he made them an offer they can't refuse, like, look, I'm going to steal some crap on this ship. Yeah, for it can, you, it can be your crap, or it can be somebody else's. It can crap. be somebody's else, and if it's not your crap because you got the most money, I'm going to beat you to a bloody pulp. Yeah, I know. Oh, okay. If you want to steal some stuff, go ahead, man. So he was already like had been charged before he was even 18 with uh, assault, attempted murder, all kinds of things. He was Holy in, crap! He was dude. involved in gang activity. He so was he was a, a shady fella, dude. He yeah. was tough, man. So when he went to California, though, he got into bare knuckle boxing and gambling. Okay. As in California, it, the first person he fought of prominence, I, can't, I think his name was George Thompson. He was like the the West Coast champion of bare knuckle boxing during that time. Right, and he beat him, won five thousand dollars. Holy cow, dude! Five thousand dollars yeah, back in those back days. That, back then, fortune. that was a lot of money. I, I I didn't look that up, but I bet it's a bunch of money. Oh, it would be worth at least hundreds of thousands of yeah, dollars. Exactly, that's a lot of money. Yeah, that's then. a lot of money. And so he won a a lot of money right there and and of course what'd he do with it he blew it on whores and gambling he gambled but he didn't blow it though because he was okay. actually really good at gambling oh, no. <laughs> and so he become a prominent gambler okay he continued bare knuckle boxing and he's, he made his way back to new york um you know one account said that his parents went back to new york another account said that he actually wanted to go fight this guy yankee sullivan and that's why he went back to new york Either way, he gets back in New York, man. He walks into like the Empire Club, I think was the name of it, like the, one of the most popular clubs there in Five Points. He walks in there and says, I'll whip any man who wants to fight me. And then he got like mobbed by the whole crowd, you know, and they all beat him up. But he got his tail whooped by the crowd. But the thing is, is uh, there was somebody there from Tammany Hall that recognized how tough and scrappy he was. All right. And so they hired him 
to protect the ballot boxes from Bill the Butcher and the Bowery Boys. All right. And so, so now they got their muscle. Yeah. All right. And about the same time, he gets this fight with Yankee Sullivan that he wanted. Okay. And this fight with Yankee Sullivan, man, it was a, uh, it was something to watch. There's about five thousand people showed up to see this thing, and um, let's see, five thousand dollars, Keith. While you check that, yeah. In eighteen sixty is equal to about a hundred and fifty four thousand dollars. Hundred sixty-four thousand. Hundred fifty-four. Hundred fifty-four thousand. So wow. that's what, like, thirty times as much. That's a lot, man. That's a good bit, dude. That's a good chunk of change right there. Absolutely. So anyway, um, this uh, this fight between him and Sullivan was just the the thing to go to. About five thousand people showed up to watch it, and um, they fought it out, and it was a debatable whether or not he won or not so it got into they said they fought for over an hour oh man but he was much younger than sullivan and so he had i guess he had a little more stamina was able to last a little bit longer and uh so they they kept fighting and um he was about to finish the fight about to just finish him off you know he was down he had him and a brawl broke out in the audience or in the crowd? The crowd, mm-hmm. yeah. And so... The, I think they had a dan- dancing epidemic in the crowd. Probably so. Key. So anyway, they uh, they actually awarded um, Old Smoke with the win. All right. There he is, John Morrissey. Morrissey. And he got the name Old Smoke. It's pretty interesting, too. Morrissey. He was, he was the lead singer for the Smiths. Was he? Yeah. Oh, okay. I think it's the same dude. Not The Doors? No. That's Morrison. That's Morrison. Okay, Morrissey. Morrissey. I got you. So, uh, anyway, um, it's kind of interesting how he got the name Old Smoke. Before he was 18, when he was involved in that gang activity, he had gotten a fight with this guy at this bar. And uh, it actually wasn't in a bar. It was at a pistol range, an underground pistol range. And uh, while they were fighting, the guy had pinned him down, and he landed on top of some coals that had... uh, come out when they tipped over a stove or something like that all right and his back was literally searing and he didn't cry out for pain or nothing like that he just continued to take the pain and then he got up and whooped the guy and they said his back was smoking when he was Ooh. sitting there whooping the guy and That's so serious business right there <laughs> this one tough cookie man i'm telling you i'd be screaming like a girl so they, they called him old like smoke a, oh man i'd be screaming like a cupcake key i know me too uh so anyway you can see though, and then he, uh, when he got back to New York and he started doing this, uh, being the muscle for Tammany Hall, he also become the gang leader of the the Dead, Dead Rabbits. Rabbits. There it which is, which is the rival of the Bowery Boys. The Bowery Boys, that's, man, that's like the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Dallas Cowboys. So also, another interesting 70s. thing is, is that um, Bill the Butcher had actually bet against him, on and bet it for Yankee Sullivan. Oh, yeah. And he never believed that that was fair, that he won that because of how it ended, you know. Right. He didn't really finish him off, but they gave him credit for winning. And so... But now he, that wouldn't be a big deal, right? You won on points. I know. They'd say. That's not the way bare, buckle, bare knuckle boxing Bare was. knuckle was like, you stay yeah. down, I whoop you or beat you into a bloody pulp. Yeah, it's actually... Bare knuckle boxing was actually very dangerous. They outlawed it not too long after this because people actually got killed. And then they started, like... 
very righteous, non-corrupt boxing organizations, right? <laughs> yeah, like exactly. the WBA, like WBC, have, IBF, yeah. IBF, like we have today. Right. So anyway, anyway. Um, so you can see how now this guy's coming in. He's larger than life. You know, he beat Yankee Sullivan. And here's the thing is when they hired him to protect those ballot boxes, right? Bill the Butcher, he came in and was fully planning on rigging this election. He sh- When he showed up, he found... Uh, Morrissey with 50 dead rabbit gang members and he was way outnumbered and they had to leave. It was embarrassing for Bill the Butcher. Oh man, he put him in his place, man. Yeah, and so you got this guy who's coming in who's really just being tougher and bigger and meaner than him. All right. He don't like him. So finally, he did challenge him to a fight. Like a personal fight? A personal fight. Just him. Now, now in between this, let me say, you know, Gang fights were already occurring between the rabbits, the dead rabbits, and the Bowery Boys. So this personal fight was trying to head this off. They were already fighting all the time. You know, this was a huge rival between Bill the Butcher and Old Smoke. Okay. And, you know, that's just one thing that kind of upsets me about the movie. You know, the movie really wanted to portray this, you know, kid who has a revenge story. Yeah, I mean, in the movie, like, right, Bill killed this rival who yeah. was the dad and then Leonardo DiCaprio kept the knife of the dad and he was a foster kid or whatever an orphan and you know he grows right. up and tries to infiltrate this gang and becomes so it creates this whole different story yeah. but the real story is pretty dang interesting which Hollywood likes itself. those rags to riches kind of stories right and so that's what they set up in that movie This that's not how it really happened though this is like Riches versus riches, you know, it's two guys who were larger in life. They were equal, you know, right? At least equal, right? And uh, they were constantly fighting, and um, so the gang fights though did happen between the Bowery Boys and the Dead Rabbits, like in the movie. You know, they had a bunch of gang fights, brawls. So um, anyway, he he finally challenged him to this fight. <coughs> Different s- stories about what happened. First thing is he said, "I bet you fifty bucks." That uh, you can't name a place. This was uh, Old Smoke telling Bill the Butcher. Old he said, Smoke. "I bet you John fifty Morrison. bucks you can't name a place that I won't fight you." And he named a place that would definitely have not been a good place. It wouldn't have been safe. And he said, "Okay, I pay you fifty bucks, but let's meet here instead." What? And so uh, they were <laughs> supposed to meet seven o'clock the next morning. And different accounts of what happened. We know that um, um, Old Smoke showed up and he got ganked by a bunch of people. All right. But some accounts say that they actually fought about 30 minutes before that, and then Bill the Butcher left on his rowboat. That's how he got there, because it was on the docks. He he left on his rowboat, and then he got ganked. But other accounts say that when he got there, he got ganked immediately, and then there never was a fight. They never fought. So who knows? But anyway, Morrissey did get ganked, and it was by Bill the Butcher's men, right? Right. And so it ticked him off. Uh, not too long after that, a couple of Morsi's guys shot Bill the Butcher. All right. Some accounts say is. shot him just in the leg. Some accounts say they shot him in the chest too. Either way, he died just a few weeks later. So probably and, an infection-related yes, thing. Probably is what usually happened in the old school thing. And he died way before the the great riot during that time. Okay. You know the riot that was in the movie. Right. That riot. actually ended the movie. Riot. Right, right, right. So, um, yeah, he actually died probably ten years before that riot actually happened. 
Okay. So that's not historically accurate either. I got you. But anyway, so... that's pretty uh, interesting, man. Yeah, man. Morrissey uh, finished him off, man. Bill the Butcher versus Old Smoke. So, I mean, really, if you look at the story, though, man, John Morrissey was better in every way. And you know what? And and ended up killing the guy. You know? I mean, it wasn't Morrissey who actually fired the shot. Now, when did he die? Morrison? Bill the Butcher. Oh, Bill the Butcher. It was like uh, 55, I believe. Okay, because Old Smoke keeps going, right? Yeah, he does. Yeah, and that's the thing. He got um, he got out of trouble. He was indicted for this crime, okay. him and the people who actually did the shooting. All right. But there was a hung jury. Hung jury. You know what that means? It means they took them all out and killed them. They <laughs> yeah. <hung> them. So <laughs> they <laughs> that's what I thought. I thought it, meant it wouldn't mean something It's like, like a five to yeah. five, six yeah. to six. They couldn't really decide for sure. Right. It, it went on for like 15 days, and they couldn't come up with a solution, so they call it a hung jury. It's like a mistrial kind of Mistrial. Thing. So they yeah. threw it out. And so what's crazy, dude, is this guy later became a U.S. congressman. Yes. That's the kind of fine, upstanding individuals that have been know, right? in this country yeah. for all these years, Keith. And the thing is, is uh, you can go on and say that he actually went toe-to-toe with uh, the boss Tweed, too, Mayor Tweed, because right. to start with, he was supported by Tweed. And he probably run some corrupt things for Tweed because right. Tweed was part of Tammany Hall, which Correct. was for the immigrants, right? Well, later on, when Tweed got in trouble, he testified against him and took him down. So uh, exactly. So anyway, well, there it is. He Keith. stayed a Democrat though. He just he left Tweed, the local government, and went to be a state senator. I got you. So right on, man. That's a crazy story. Local and state congressman. I mean, come on, man. We live in Alabama. I don't know, man. Look I, at the history. I don't care if you want to give a win though to somebody. I would give it to. Old, then we're gonna have to give smoke. it to Old Smoke. Yeah, I would think so. Absolutely, but, man. But you wouldn't even know who Old Smoke is if it wasn't for Flumadiddle Podcast. Flumadiddle Podcast, right here man, with our Irish connection and Old Smoke, yeah. John Morrissey. They really sensationalized old Bill the Butcher, the heavyweight champion of the gangs of New York, Keith. That's right. <laughs> All right, man. Well, that's pretty awesome, dude. Thank we do not for, condone uh, gang-related activity. Yeah, we do activity. not condone <laughs> Even though we're like he's the coolest guy ever. <laughs> activity. But it makes an interesting story it 150 years later. Yeah, so. absolutely. All right, Keith. And it's something you didn't know because people know the movie. They know the movie. That's and they, it. They know this guy. They know Daniel the Day-Lewis. Yeah. And they know Leonardo They need to know there was somebody who stood up to that doofus. Exactly. Right. So. All right, man. Do you flumadiddle at gmail.com. And do you flumadiddle.com. And at do you flumadiddle on Facebook. So, hey, go to some iTunes, man. Leave us a five star rating. Five star. Five star. And if you're on Android, I, I've decided Google Podcasts is about as simple as anything. So yeah. just use it. It's simple. Flumadiddle. We love you. Flumadiddle out. Peace out. <laughs>